episode 18 set the record for show prep. We got so many topics, so many facts, truth bombs, knowledge, information, you're not going to believe it. Some of the funniest, most outrageous things you've ever heard, certainly all summer, maybe in your entire life, when you hear about this 500,000 acre offshore wind farm that the Biden administration proposed, that's right, 26 miles out into the ocean. Wait till I tell you what that does to the birds, the sperm whales, the bottlenose dolphins, sea turtles. You're going to love it. Just imagine a wind turbine out in the ocean 26 miles. We got a ton of topics to go on, uh, to go after tonight. You know, some of the fakest news I've ever seen, um, just hitting the airwaves as I'm getting on here. The AP and the New York, the New York Times are both reporting, New York Times headline, study finds another condition that vitamin D pills do not help. AP, study casts more doubt on the use of high-dose vitamin D pills. Then you go to the Jerusalem Post... And they have a huge um, article. Just go to jpost.com. Click on coronavirus. I'm doing it right now just to confirm it's there. Then the fifth or sixth link down. Vitamin D supplements can help protect patients with a new COVID-19 strain. A, a, a hospital in Israel. So this is literally July 25th. And today is July 27th though. So the New York Times and the AP... Just had stories in the last three hours. And now CNN, I'm looking at all the headlines, Google News, DuckDuck. They're all covering it. Oh, vitamin D doesn't help. Israel had the study 48 hours ago. If you had a severe vitamin D deficiency, your probability of death was found to be higher by as much as 15% in COVID patients. If you had good levels of vitamin D, that probability fell to five. Which means you had a 95% chance if you had good vitamin D levels to have a, a, a lower probability of death, 95%. Are you kidding me? So they're saying, the okay, so this study is so flawed. So you read the actual AP news, literally buried the second paragraph from the bottom. Third paragraph. Oh, guess what the study didn't include? People with severe vitamin C deficiencies... <laughs> Are you kidding me? So, okay, first of all, it was a study with 26,000 people to see if they said a high dose of vitamin D supplements would prevent them from breaking their legs, okay, from having bo- broken bones. That This is this is what the whole study is about. So they gave 26,000 people vitamin D, 2,000 IUs is all they gave them. I looked at Amazon, like eight of the top 10 selling vitamin D supplements, each one of those little pellets, and I take one every day, is 5,000. 80% of the top, so 80% of the vitamin D sold on Amazon. The dose is 5,000 IUs. This study gave them 2,000 IUs. The U.S. recommended daily uh, international units. That's what IU stands for in case you're curious. I didn't know until just now. So the U.S. uh, FDA, they're a trustworthy organization that you can totally put your health in their their hands. They have your best interest. They're recommending 600 to 800. So 
they don't have anything about winter. So the latest results compare bone fractures in those who took a high dose, which they say 2,000 IUs of the most active form of vitamin D called D3 or dummy pills every day for five years. So then they threw out, well, they didn't even admit anyone into the study who started with severe um, vitamin deficiency, which that is a surprisingly and shockingly large amount of the uh, country, especially if you go to the Pacific Northwest where it rains all the time. So they're saying, well, the supplements didn't really reduce the uh, risk of broken hips or bones. Guess what? We also didn't include this, these people in the study, people who may require supplements because of the bone thinning um, disease, osteoporosis, or other disorders. So along with that and vitamin D deficiency. So just these fake news headlines, this is preventing or uh, this is this is spreading potentially harmful information by the AP. Oh, study finds another condition that vitamin D pills do not help. The vitamin D pills do not prevent bone fractures in most people or protect against many other diseases. Adding to questions about medical guidance, many now take for granted. So they're just saying, and then, and then one of the doctors, this guy's from California Pacific Medical Center, I guarantee he's a paid off, you can't trust these bastards. He goes, providers should stop screening for vitamin D or recommending vitamin D supplements and people should stop taking vitamin D supplements in order to prevent major diseases or extend life. Again, the Jerusalem Post just said vitamin C D supplements can help protect patients with new COVID-19 strain. Hashtag trust the freaking science. Are you kidding me? You've got this dude from California saying, oh, don't even test for it. Are you kidding me? That's the worst advice I've ever seen, ever heard. I've ever, I've ever heard. He he says, "Don't even test for it." He goes, "There are exceptions, including people who live in conditions where they're deprived of sunshine and may not get any of the mineral from foods that are routinely supplemented with vitamin D, such as cereal or dairy product." Gee, you mean like vegans or vegetarians who are like ten or fifteen percent of the population? Do you think people deprived of sunshine in Oregon? In fact, I know they give it intravenously. They give it intravenously because people are so low. There was the, the guy on NBC News. He fainted on vacation with his family. They say, go get tested. The guy tested. He got super high cholesterol and super low vitamin D. Why? He spent two years inside ordering DoorDash and avoiding the sun. They're saying, don't even, don't even, uh, uh, Take a supplement. You got to be kidding me. This is all based on a study over bone disease that didn't include people with severe uh, vitamin D deficiency or osteoporosis. They were assigned to take 2,000 IUs each day or a placebo. 26,000 people, men over 50 and women over 55. So now they're, they're questioning if it's even true. I'm like, they should have given them... So think about it. In, on Amazon, the number one supplements are all 5,000 IUs. That's two and a half times. And I know people who take two. So they're taking 10,000. There's a lot of positive studies. Big Pharma doesn't want you to hear about this. About megadosing vitamins when you're sick. And that's always a good idea. If you're sick, you should definitely take like emergency packets three times a day. And just douse it with vitamin C. 
Like, what do you think is going to happen if you pour vitamin C into all your... I mean, it's... it's it's Germs don't like that. So, it, it, it's just ridiculous, the fake news. It really is. So, the Biden wind turbine thing, this is one of the funny... Okay, how about... Let's, let's do the uh, Pelosi thing. Pelosi wants to go to Taiwan. Supposedly, everyone's telling her not to go. I always go to uh, globaltimes.cn. So... C as in clown, N as in Nancy. It's globaltimes.cn, clown Nancy. And it is the Chinese communist um, Western Hemisphere propaganda newspaper. The globaltimes.clownnancy. And I'm looking right now, like five of the top seven headlines are all like, you. the U.S. better not even think about letting Pelosi go over. And the thing is, it's her the whole purpose of her mission, I've read like eight or ten articles, like, why is she going over there? It's just like, to reaffirm dif- diplomatic affairs. No, it's to uh, antagonize um, China. That's, what it, that's what's going to happen. So there are experts who are saying it could be a tit-for-tat. Somebody does something super aggressive, somebody responds back. So they're saying, sh- they're, you know... They're, they're saying uh, uh, some major thing. Major incident in South China Sea could only mean U.S.-made conflict. So they have been warning. There's four people from Japan over there right now, and they're telling Japan to get out of there. And they're saying, um, yeah, you know, they're state-sponsored. This is a communist country. I'm not taking this, but but this is the propaganda they're sending out. They're like, the so-called major incident is exactly a U.S.-made conflict. Um, if the U.S., they're, they're saying that they, they're going to have to bring Pelosi in with, like, an armada around her. And if that happens, Chinese warships and fighter jets, they're either going to conduct military operations out there. They said they want to intercept her jet and take it to mainland China. China. So... They've, they've warned the United States according to the Global Times. I mean, that's their propaganda paper, so I'm sure it's true. Six, they gave, they gave the U.S. six different warnings so far. So what if Nancy Pelosi, you know, there's like a 2.8% chance Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan, which I think has like 21 million people, 23 million people. She still hasn't been to the Texas border in how long? Maybe ever. Texas has 30 million people, but she's flying the whole way across the country to Taiwan. So that's going to be a disaster. So there's nothing. The urban alchemy of climate change times infinity is is what I've discovered in my crack research. I think I'm going to post it as a separate. I might have to just do a separate Separate podcast just on this. Offshore wind energy. Go to the Wikipedia page for offshore wind energy. The biggest scam I've ever heard of. Um, The most environmentally unfriendly way to produce the least amount of power. Like It's like the exact inverse proportion. Um, I, I, I think it is definitely a net negative for everything involved. And the craziest thing is the same environmentalists who they asked to put in um, the study for the impact of the marine and coral life, they admittedly say there are so many protected 
species, birds flying across, migratory birds. Where do you hear this? That uh, and and then and then they list that for twenty pages in this PDF. We're gonna get to in a second. Then they said, "All right, here's the ways that we suggest that you still build the wind farm." So and they're pile driving this stuff into the ground. So proposal Biden administration last couple days new massive offshore wind energy farm bigger than the city of Houston. 546,000 freaking acres. 500,000 acres out in the ocean. How far? 24 miles off the coast of Galveston, Texas. 500,000 acres bigger than the city of Houston, 24 miles offshore. Now, dude, I did some research on offshore. All of the offshore wind energy, it's uh, the United Kingdom, Germany, and China are top three. They're like 70% of it. Again, this is all in the ocean. They want to put it out in the ocean because the breezes are stronger by the ocean. They're more consistent and stronger. But one thing, first off, is the only wind farm operating right now in North America is Block Island um, off the East Coast, uh, Massachusetts, I believe it is right now. That's that's they they figured out that's good for category three. I think it, it withstood a category three hurricane winds of seventy miles an hour, and um, they have no idea how these turbine blades are going to hold up in a category four or five hurricane. So the average lifespan of a wind turbine maximum twenty years. Bacon in the West Texas sun, Oklahoma sun. It's probably closer to 15 years. It may be 18 years. The offshore turbines, you want to talk about a cluster. Everything is, I'd say, a factor of 50 to 80 times more impossible because, think about this. If you have problems with a turbine blade and you have an onshore, you know, a land-based wind farm, you just have a guy drive up, Ford F-150, one person can drive up to the base there's a ladder inside. They climb the ladder to fix it. There's, you know, communication equipment at the bottom they could check. And the top. Dude, when you gotta... Just imagine building these turbines and then the maintenance. So you gotta go 26 miles every single blade. Okay, there's two parts to it. There's the undersea part where they're going where it's like they have to burrow like 90 feet down into the ocean and then pile drive they have to pile drive like a huge cement thing like 13 feet in diameter so they're pile driving on the ocean floor with a coral and everything bottlenose dolphin they pile drive that thing they build like a tripod type of thing it's like a so so you have three anchors to it and then this part pointing out of the ocean is like the top of an oil derrick. It's like a steel rig. So that's 100 feet coming up plus the pile drived thing that's like 20 meters, 30 feet down there. So it it's already a cluster. So now they have to build the stuff that's above the ocean. So these blades are like twice the size of the land blades. Like it's 265 feet diameter. So almost a football field's 300 feet. So from point to point, when it's going around, it's almost a football field. 
So imagine that they have to they're going to have to build a special port cuz you need a special port to load these 130 foot giant blades onto ships. And then think of it's the waves out there 26 so you have to like hook the thing up so when you're doing maintenance even after they're up it involves two guys just trying to park the boat it is absolutely insane then you have to lay the wires down the sea cables so they either dredge the bottom of the ocean they dredge the bottom of the ocean to dig a giant hole a trench and then they and they buried the cable 26 miles offshore Oh, did I mention they have a lifespan of 15 years? So you got to repeat this process. And the maintenance is crazy. Um, so imagine trying to fix... You, the maintenance is crazy because of the the weather and the storms and the corrosion and the salt water. So think about what you have to do to fix a turbine 26 miles out in the ocean. Oh, something's going on. The analytics say with the, with the turbine, you got to have somebody drive to the dock or the pier load the tools and supplies into the boat, take a 26-mile voyage to the wind turbine, secure the boat to the turbine structure. Imagine what a pain in the ass that is if it's windy out there and you're trying to park the boat next to the structure. Get all the equipment out. Go into the freaking turbine. It's crazy. Like, it's literally on like YouTube world's dangerous most dangerous jobs like they're rappelling down the freaking propeller so again all of the wind power in the world offshore out in the ocean is 39 gigawatts the Texas grid is 80 gigawatts so all of the offshore wind power in the world can't even supply half of Texas grid so this is just starting, but it's the worst idea for Habitat. So if you fall out there, you're dead. They basically said, if you fall out there in the Gulf of Mexico, because they go, you, you know, you're probably required to wear a life vest, waterproof or water resistant clothing, and perhaps even a survival suit if working, because sea and atmospheric conditions make a rapid rescue in case of a fall into the water unlikely or impossible. Dude, if you look, there's video ads to, to work on these rigs. They are fully strapped in, like, Top Gun Maverick gear with helmets and uh, just water-resistant clothing, you name it. So it, it takes, them like, a full day. It takes two technicians skilled in training and operating and handling large power boats. So imagine everything that you can do on land is done in a fraction of the time and a fraction of the cost. Like they literally have quarters out there in the middle of the freaking ocean where they just sleep out there for like two or three weeks at a time and they get paid a ton of money to do it. But yeah, they're sleeping out there. So they just said, imagine this is, they, they have to switch all these blades out every 15 years. Why? Because of uh, there's a there's a ton of things. Well, just even planning it. Think about the research involved in the beginning. They have to figure out oh the water depth, the currents, this what's the seabed at the bottom. Um, they're supposed to pay attention to the migratory birds, but as you'll see, that's a total. Uh, I don't know if it's like triple greenwashing or reverse greenwashing. What this is going on, but this is the most harmful thing for 
marine life, and birds. So the salinity, you know, just of the water spray, of the salt spray, icing, they don't have to worry about in the Gulf of Mexico, but they can, they do other places in England. So they need like sonic detection and radar and autonomous underwater vehicles with remote satellite sensing to even figure out where in the seabed that they can pile drive. So this is all in the name of climate, saving the climate. Think about this, and you got to do it every 15 years for a little bit higher capacity factor out in the ocean. But everything is like 25 times more expensive because it's a total cluster to get out there. So locating wind turbines offshore is much more difficult, much more time-consuming, more dangerous, and far more expensive than sites on land. The units get exposed to high humidity, salt water, salt spray, which negatively affects service life. It causes corrosion and oxidation, which increases the maintenance and repair costs dramatically and makes every aspect of installation and operation a royal pain in the ass. You know what the funniest thing is, maybe? You know what the humidity and temperatures controlled inside the turbine? Freaking air conditioning. Air conditioning. Do you know how air conditioning runs? So what, did that have to run electric back out that way, or is it providing its own air conditioning? This thing probably can't even provide its own air conditioning. So... Just installing it's something called a jack-up rig that can that can lift like five thousand tons. That's what pile drives it into the ground, eighty-two feet deep into the seabed, thirteen feet in diameter. So the the cables again, you've got a twenty-six mile cable. In there just to run a little amount of electricity. They're hoping the the capacity of this thing is going to be like two million. Um, Houston Chronicle right now. Offshore wind of the rescue. This is the editorial board of the Houston Chronicle. Offshore wind of the rescue. Texas proposal could keep us cool when inland wind farms can't. And they're saying two point three million homes it could generate, and there's thirty million people in Texas. This is the worst idea I've ever seen. Of course, they contact Luke Metzger with Environment Texas. Hey, I'm excited to see this hit the ground running. And then the editorial board, of course, they link to Texas Monthly. Hey, these onshore wind farms work, look, work pretty good, even better than the, uh, than, the, than the onshore. It could fill in energy production gaps. No, you always need backup. So, the thing is, this, this guy's supposed to be for the environment. He's like, well, I'm, I'm happy to see there's a good bit of distance between the wind energy areas and the Flower Garden Banks National Marine Sanctuary. The National Wildlife Federation were like, there are hotspots of species that are almost endangered of rare environmental significance that are going to die. Like, from whales and dolphins. I'll read them off soon. But these assholes are cheerleading this. Horrible thing for the climate. Fishermen hate this idea. 
Fishermen absolutely hate this idea. Birds. So guess what? Birds migrate from South America, Mexico Peninsula. They are flying across the Gulf of Mexico. It's the big event of their life. Have you ever seen Planet Earth or anything like that where the you know they they the penguin or whatever like you know the male penguins trying to keep the egg warm in like negative 80 degree weather for like four days in a row and he's just determined so these birds this is the big moment of their little life is they're gonna fly over the gulf of mexico the body of water and land in texas so these wind turbines are out 26 miles first of all they knock them out of the air whack whack it's 265 just a chopping thing Here's the worst thing. They will land and perch on the wind turbine, these precious little birds, and they weren't supposed to. The adrenaline the bird had in their heart, their little heart, their brain, that was supposed to carry them the whole way to the finish line. And then once they see just how nature planned it, once they see the thing, and then the wind would probably, the breeze would blow them in. And it would just be the most triumphant moment of their life. And then they'd mate up and have kids, these little birds. So instead, they perch on the wind turbine and they get all comfortable and then they take off again. They don't have enough uh, energy to make it to the shore and they just die and collapse. So, yeah, they're either attracted to them, the fish underneath the water. They're either really attracted to... The wind turbine. Now keep in mind, there's EMF signals coming off the cable, and then the turbines themselves make this like this, like so the vibrations and the sounds. Think about Aquaman. Think about Aquaman when he thinks it's like because he's got that sonar. He's got sonar intelligence. So think about how many fish, dolphins for sure, whales. They rely on sonar and noise now put like 500 wind turbines 26 miles out into the ocean they said it either repels fish away like far away screws with mating screws with food screws with everything or it attracts them and like other fish prey on them and pe- and they and they go up there and they're just like rump 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 and they can decimate species so this is the dumbest idea ever for just a little itty bit more um, energy. Think about this total cluster. So there is a, you know, the Bureau of Ener- Ocean Energy Management. They're the one who uh, did it. This is on the Gulf of Mexico Outer Continental Shelf. And they asked people for their for their thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, Biden wants to do this. And Biden wants to do that. This was last summer. And... The U.S. Gulf Coast supports nearly half of North America's migrating birds, including the threatened piping plover and red knot, as well as resident iconic species of concern like the black skimmer, brown pelican, and clapper rail. Gulf is also home to a number of resident species of populations of marine mammals, including the Gulf of Mexico whale, the only large whale species to fully reside in the waters of the United States. There's only 50... Five zero of the Gulf of Mexico whales left 
It's one of, the, if not the most endangered ma- marine mammal species in existence. Small populations of coastal bottlenose dolphins are along the, the coast. So, guess what happens when oh, sea turtles? It's like five, five of the seven species of sea turtles are threatened or endangered. I thought they cared about the turtles. So, the thing is, the Gulf of Mexico is a diverse habitat, deeply interconnected, with deep-sea organisms feeding marine life at the bottom of the food chain, which then support fisheries, giant fish, diverse bird populations that migrate through the Gulf every single year. Gulf oysters, shrimp, fish, all the jobs. So... They're trying to frame this. It is the ultimate gaslighting that they have like environmental companies submitting a 26-page PDF. I'll have this up on the website, teddybroosevelt.substack.com. It's definitely going on there. So I'll have this link on the website. You got to read it where they're, they're just throwing out all of the bad reasons Uh, to have wind turbines out in the ocean and how bad it is for critical breeding and feeding habitats. And then they're like, oh, well, Biden wants to uh, do this for climate change. So since we're going to do it, here it is. Even though the gopher tortoise and the piping plover and the snowy plover are going to die. So you're talking ducks, loons, pelicans... They're already facing a ton of, you know, stress just being a bird. So now there's going to be these artificial things 25 miles out of the coastline that they think they're going to be able to land on or they're just going to whack them because they've never taken a cross-coastal trip. Have you? Up in the air, flapping your wings? So they're going to see this thing and it's sound. They'll be like, oh, this may be... Must be, it looks like we're just supposed to stop here. It's big and white. Oh my God. It's almost like they want to put it 26 miles out. Like how many dead seagulls are going to wash up on shore in Galveston after this thing happens? I bet hundreds. Hundreds a day, I bet, if they do it at this level. Tuned into the Teddy Roosevelt Show, episode 18. It's Wednesday night, July 27th. We're going to get to some, some more COVID stuff here in a second. Um, let me see what else about these these offshore turbines. So yeah, HVAC transmission lines after pile driving the thing into the ground. It usually takes a full day to, expect, uh, to uh, inspect one turbine. Just to land, get up there. They're trying to use drones with a telephoto lens. So, and then it's another 2.2 to 4 million bucks when they reach the end of their life. So, risk of seabirds being struck by wind turbine blades is huge. The underwater noise associated with pile driving that bitch into the ground, into the seabed, and all the engineering equipment, the, the, you know, the, the autonomous underwater stuff 100 feet into the, underneath the ocean uh, surface. So you got to drive monopile turbines into the seabed 
um, the physical presence of the farm itself. It's a tripod. Just imagine like it's got to be pretty sturdy if it's got to withstand a category four or five hurricane. And the only it's only classified from what I understand as three. You know who the biggest maker, by the way, of these offshore wind turbines is? Freaking China. That's right. We're going to be buying these turbines from freaking China. They're the only ones cranking them out that big. Are you kidding me? They're the only one. So the other thing, when they're towing, think about the amount of diesel energy to tow a 130-foot-long blade and then trying to put it in place and then the equipment, the jack thing, to jack it up and install that thing. You want to talk about the world's worst jobs. It's on YouTube. Just look, offshore wind turbine or blade installer. It's literally, they're repelling their Tom Cruise Top Gun Maverick outfit. So when they go back and forth in these huge diesel power boats from their specially built port, some of the sea mammals, they see the thing and they and they migrate to it, to the boat, especially sea turtles are like, what's this boat? And just drills them. So you're talking about aquatic life, like the devastation of aquatic life it's like why would you it's time to go back to the drawing board it really is if that's the best idea that you have and that it's only good for 15 years that's the most ridiculous thing is you're spending all this money wasting all this gas messing with the ocean all the the this way like with the seabed with the water with the birds it's like land air and sea like the shoreline with the port i mean it's an insane amount of money. So, again, the only one in operation, the very first one, commercial offshore wind farm in the United States, five turbines, generates 30 measly megawatts, not gigawatts. The Texas grid is 80 gigawatts. This is 30 little megawatts from five of these turbines. Rhode Island is where it is. 30. Five of these turbines located 3.3 nautical miles southeast of Block Island. So they did withstand a Category 3 style wind before. So let me, let me see if I can... Uh, there's, there's other ones. A lot of them are being contested. A lot of them have been contested and a lot of them have been canceled. And it's funny how people, the Cape Wind Project is a notorious one. Just do a search for Cape Wind, Wikipedia. And right off the uh, coast of Cape Cod, it was going to be $2.6 billion for 1,500 gigawatts. G gigawatt hours. I don't know how that compares to the Texas grid. But it was $2.6 billion. It was all based on a federal production tax credit. That's how they were going to work it out. $2.6 to cover 24 miles. 4.8 miles off the coast of Cape Cod. And the funny thing leading up to it, it was, they were asking residents, hey, what would you prefer? Wind energy, solar energy, nuclear energy, coal or whatever? So everything that won was solar and wind, solar and wind. They're like... Okay, how about uh, 130 horizontal axis wind turbines like five miles off the coast? You'll be able to see them from your beach house. Everyone's like, no, 
oh, they opposed it. There was major lawsuits. It went on. Just imagine like a Massachusetts style. They're just probably more lawyers per capita than anywhere but New York, maybe. Boston's definitely up there. So it is just a cluster. The amount of money that they throw in there. So the people who were against it, this is great. And it's all Martha's Vineyard, Cape Cod. That's where it was going to come. And they were, there were companies that were planning on doing eco-tours where they'd be like, oh, look, here's how you can do offshore um, wind turbines. Guess who came out about it? John Kerry opposed it. Mr. Climate right now for in the, in the Biden administration. I think he's like head of climate change. Mitt Romney was against it. Ted Kennedy was against it. So... And there was people saying, well, I support wind power in general. I just oppose the the project right outside my beach. That's Robert Kennedy Jr. who wrote The Real Anthony Fauci, one of the best books of the decade so far. Highly recommend that. What a great segue into COVID. So, again, total joke to even consider this. It is just going to be a net negative for the environment and the, and the chalk this up. And there's a ton of them. You know, that like fishermen really hate this. There's a couple in New Jersey that they're really trying to hate. And the one they called like Fisherman's Energy. It was almost like the company was taunting them. Disgusting. Like the Coastal Virginia one was going to be $300 million to power 3,000 homes. 43 miles off the coast of Virginia Beach. Two turbines. So they're going to put two wind turbines... 27 miles off the coast of Virginia Beach. Did I say 40? It's 43 kilometers, 27 miles off the coast. Think about going back and back and forth. For two turbines, 300 million bucks. That's 150 million bucks a turbine to power 3,000 homes. Oh, it's officially built. I thought it was in, in, in a pilot mode. No, it's officially built. Can you believe that? Two turbines, 12 megawatts. Finished in 2020. That's the only one besides the Block Island one. Dominion Energy in Orsted, 27 miles off the coast of Virginia Beach, can can power 3,000 homes and also kill, like, how many birds and fish. And, and, and think about the, you know, you've got the trench. You've got to dredge the seabed. Out of control. So, great segue into covid Everyone knows, a lot of people know, Australia and New Zealand were like two of the biggest poster child places for zero COVID and getting the vaccine. Right now, both countries, New Zealand and Australia, are around 95, 96% of uh, people who have are considered fully vaccinated, two shots. I think it's 73% of them have the booster in Australia. Take a sip of water here, hold on. So, they're COVID deaths. They're in the top 15, both of them, if not the top 10. COVID cases through the roof. These are pandemic highs since March 2020. So, it's weird. No one got COVID. And then all of a sudden, in September, they had zero, zero COVID. They did a zero COVID. They're both island nations, remember, so they could lock everyone out. No flights in, no flights out. You had to be triple vaxxed or whatever to go in or out. 
Had to have documentation to go in or out. Djokovic, remember, they wouldn't let him play. Then they did. Then, you know, they, they held him. Remember, they held him hostage at the airport. They said, oh, you can come. And then they treated him like a criminal. The most famous tennis player in America, right? Or in the world right now. Treat him like a two-bit criminal. The healthiest dude has literally a 0.000000 chance of getting COVID. Has any athlete in the world got COVID and died? Or even went to the hospital? High school, college, or pro? So, there's a lot of people who took the vaccine and died. Look, and there's a chemistry professor, 48 years old, UC Berkeley, just died on a hike. Bodybuilder, MPC promoter Gary Udit died suddenly, age 46. That was yesterday. He was a commentator, famous bodybuilder, sold vitamins. In the bodybuilding community, he was famous. Everyone's jolted at UC Berkeley as this 48-year-old. Professor died, Philip Geisler. I have to mention this because he sounds so cool. Had a PhD in chemistry from Cal. Began teaching. Worked his way up to a professor. Check this out. Many of the students recalled... Geisler gave the same exact quiz on the very first day of class every semester. The quiz went something like this. It asked students if they were taking his class, if they wanted to see A, complicated molecules in math, B, the professor play guitar, C, explosions, or D, the professor sing. After the quiz, students said Geisler would surprise them by saying they'd see all those things at the same time he began jamming on his guitar and singing as his assistants wrote out equations on the blackboard and blew up hydrogen-filled balloons. That was the very first day of class. That's really cool. That guy just died. So, New Zealand and Australia, I mean, they, they, they are having the highest struggle. Third wave in 180 days. Israel... Remember, Pfizer gave Israel the shot. They're like, hey, we'll give it to you before anybody else, but you have to give us all this data in exchange for getting first dibs, first in line. And uh, Israel's on their sixth wave since the, since it happened and uh, third in, in 180 days. Singapore, another one of the most highly vaccinated countries in the 90s, high 90s, mid 90s for everyone over 16. And they had zero covid up until like six months ago, now they're on their second second or third wave. So why is all that happening? It seems weird. Places like India, certainly all over Africa, and there's a number of other variables, but there's a lot of intelligent people out there showing definitive, overwhelming proof that the mRNA vaccines have failed spectacularly. Just look at Joe Biden. He actually, you know, he's, he promised the vaccines would help you not get COVID. And he gets COVID and then he fights it off. Old man, almost 80 years old in like two days. Just took some Tylenol and had a Vic. That's what he should have done. Now he's trying to say, oh, Trump got deathly ill. Trump didn't get deathly ill. Trump was out of the, uh, not Camp David, Trying to think of what the name of the uh, the hospital, Bethesda. I think it's Bethesda Hospital where the president goes. He just went over to Bethesda. Why not? 
that was still in the early days of COVID. That was October 2020. COVID hit in March. There still wasn't any vaccine. Remember, they didn't announce the the, uh, quote-unquote cure for the vaccine until four days after the election. Remember that? Gee, I wonder if that would have flipped the election if they had the results seven weeks before the first week of November and they just sat on them. I guarantee they sat on sat, sat on them. If that would have convinced, you know, if people are like, well, Trump, Trump did Operation Warp Speed, that's going to be 3% of the vote. If they thought that, people sat on it. So... NBC New York, New York COVID reinfection rates are soaring because of the B5 variant. Columbia University study published in Nature shows that B5 and B4 subvariants are more than four times as vaccine resistant as Omicron's original descendant, BA2. Breakthrough cases are rising. Reinfections up all over New York State. This is in the summer. I haven't heard of people getting a respiratory illness and you look on reddit.com slash COVID-19 vaccinated or no COVID-19 bring it up here in a second these people are getting hammered folks like double COVID-19 positive is it I'm looking on reddit right now it's reddit dot com slash r slash covid19 positive forum these people are getting hammered worse than any other strain ever covid positive for the third time in five months 37 year old triple vaccinated nurse 10 days positive work expects me in everyone is just it's lasting for a while and it's like the worst thing that they've ever done throat the the sore throat's really killing people it sounds like this person hasn't pooped in 12 days huh i don't know covid did that so what else we're coming up here on the 45 minute mark teddy brosville show episode 18 wednesday july 27 hope you're enjoying the beats Coming in and out of the podcast. So I rated when I first did the uh, Substack post and the Austin Texas Times post about Urban Alchemy, the most scandal-tainted, scandal-ridden, sketchy, shady, super suspicious nonprofit I've ever heard in the in- of in the entire grifting homeless industrial complex coast to coast. So they picked the worst state and the worst city for homelessness and drug overdoses per capita and the worst nonprofit from the worst state and the worst city to come run the arch downtown, the homeless shelter. And so I initially thought I rated it as a 3 of 10 impact, but it was a slow burn. The burn, so I dropped it Sunday night, did an emergency podcast Sunday night. Or Saturday night. Did I write the post that Saturday? I think it was Sunday, maybe. Posted that Saturday night, maybe. And uh, by Monday, they were talking about it on the radio. KLBJ, Todd and Don Show, 1390 AM. 
It's a big uh, talk show here in Austin, drive time, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. So they were talking about it. Brad Swale talked about it on his podcast. Mentioned Teddy eight times. Thanks for the shout-outs, Brad. And then, just as I was coming on the air, front page of the Statesman, AustinAmericanStatesman.com, is this sketchy urban alchemy. Ryan Altulo definitely ganked, like, probably half the research from me. Did he provide credit? Usually you go, oh, yeah, the Austin American Statesman uh, released this video from the Uvalde shooting. You know, usually newspapers, journalists, they give each other credit. No credit. He did contact Urban Alchemy and ask him for a quote. And they said no. And I think he did a little, one, one little minor piece of research, but credit where credit's due. That's how these fake media people roll. They just steal an idea and they don't give credit. But, yep, from 72 hours, germination of idea and research post to they met about it today at the city council people are asking questions who the hell are they what are they doing austin public health they said they vetted them everyone's like how could you vet them it went from july 18th to the 22nd it was only 96 hours from the whole bidding process opens to they get the job and they'd already got Two million bucks. That was one thing Altulo dug up, which I didn't know the dollar amount, I think. No, I probably put it in there. No, I did put it in there on the update with the worst items of Austin City Council. They got like a 2.1. Oh, that might have been Walker, Texas Ranger. Might have been Walker, Texas Ranger that I that I dug up, so I'll give Altulo credit. But, yo, you got to give somebody uh, as, as Austin, Texas Times, because I was the first person in Texas. It's timestamped to gather up all that data. KXAN was first to the story about who's taken over for Front Steps, but they did no background investigation, or if they did, they refused to air it. So, Teddy Roosevelt Show, we're wrapping up, 50-minute episode, hope everyone's doing awesome. Uh, Putin, by the way, with the gas thing, Europe's in trouble, we can talk about that on the next show, but they told everyone to drop their natural gas consumption by 15%, so... They're just asking us to tighten our belts. Everyone in the Western Hemisphere, the middle class is getting decimated. And it's not its not a good situation, folks. So we'll talk about it more later. I'm running out of mojo. Y'all have a great night. Bye.